0: Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda.
1: All right, welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. I have a very special friend here today. Colleen Gallagher is an intuitive business and personal development consultant. She has survived childhood cancer. She's a global citizen and an advocate for everyone to have an opportunity to live their dreams. She's also an academic who is currently getting her PhD in psychology with a focus on global leadership and change. She is the author of multiple books, including her latest, Live Your Truth, and the host of the Colleen Gallagher podcast. Her greatest success is seeing her clients fall in love with life by overcoming trauma and life challenges and create a lifestyle career that impacts the world. I'm cutting in the middle of her intro, but I have known her since 2007, 18, and have gotten to meet her in her light, in her human body, but also virtually online. And I just I love all of this because Colleen empowers leaders and businesses to come to a newfound clarity on their mission so that they can better understand their gifts while taking calculated action to grow their businesses. Colleen offers these experiences through online courses, in person retreats, her podcast, her books, and her other products. She currently resides in Los Angeles, California. But my first thing I want to say is you also call yourself an alien. So Mm -hmm. we know that you reside in other places. Will you tell us a little bit about why you call yourself an alien?
0: Yes, I love that question. (laughs) It's such a good one. I've actually gotten so many like podcast requests when I say this. But what I mean, and it's funny, even when I'm on like, um, I'm 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 dating right now. So there's like uh, an app that I'm on that I like that I date or find dates. And um, I, I put alien, they always go like, Where are you from? I'm like, the cosmos. And so basically, just an alien, it just means like you are very universal-minded. It means kind Mm -hmm. of probably in a way you probably felt like you never belonged or fit in when you were in school Um, And you always just felt like there was a deeper sense of connection to the planet, to something more. And, you know, something that I say a lot is you're probably someone who you like to be alone, but you hate feeling alone. And Mm. that is really an alien because you like to be alone because you connect with all these other worlds. You're like seeing things, you're hearing things, you're um, perceiving reality where most people are just bulldozing through. And I think that's really the matrix of the human where I feel mm. more of us who are aliens who are sentient beings and um really here to be multidimensional are awakening and claiming our right here.
1: Yes. Okay, so there's like literally so many Bits of gold in what you just said. But tell us a little bit more about perceiving reality versus bulldozing it because let's start to, let's just start to dismantle the matrix right here, right now.
0: <laughs> totally. I love it. Yeah. So, episode 13, actually on my podcast, I have a really good spoken work poetry called Creating versus Doing. So, I definitely recommend that for deeper into this. But for a short clip, what I would say is, doing, you know, is that part where you're like um, snoozing your alarm button. You're like, oh my God, do I have to get up? You probably drink a couple, you know, maybe a bottle of wine the night before or, you know, mm-hmm. a cigar whatever it was. And you are just trying to get by. Like you're really trying to do the least amount to get by in the current reality. And you keep searching like there just has to be more. And that was me for a large part of my life. I was always really smart. And I'm not saying that like in a bad way, I'm academia smart. Like I was always like, you know, it was very easy for me to go in and like literally be out binge drinking the night before and then get a 4.0 yeah. on the exam. Like it was, it was, it, that's what I mean by that. Um, yeah. And I, uh, I, I just realized there was, had to be more. And I was 23. I just closed my largest sales day at the time. It was like 30 or sorry, $80,000. Um, I was making a hundred thousand a year, had a company car, had helping like literally almost flying over the country with this corporation, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was amazing. Um, but there were just more that I wanted and. Creating is when you begin to hear that voice, and it is a voice, and you have to honor the voices in your mind. We all have them. There was a voice that was calling me, and it was calling me to travel the world, and I wanted to figure that out. And that's why I took a sales role. So I knew I could travel and get paid and do that, but I wanted to really do it on my own now. And so creating is the hearing of the knock And creating a dialogue with it. Doing is bulldozing past the voice of, I know I don't want to be here. I know I'm doing the least possible to get by to get the money to do the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can look, obviously, in so many ways, you know, in in, in different situations with relationships, with money, with health. Um, But even the way you work out, like, do you just go work out? It used to be me like, oh, my God, I got to be there at 5 p.m. class. And at 5 p.m., I got to go back and then whatever. Or do you really, like take your time and and breathe through where you're going. Are you always rushing? Um, That's another cue of doing versus creating.
1: Yeah. I love that. I also love what you said. And I I think it's so important to distinguish the voices in our head. So I would love for you to sort of teach us about what you mean, because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of the voices in our head are chatter. And so how would we know the difference between like chatter and maybe inspiration or a cosmic communication.
0: Yeah, so I feel every voice no matter what right is going to be a cosmic communication, right? So mm. the, there's dark, I don't even like dark and light, but the, let's just call to make yeah. it very simplified. So dark right you you can't have light without the black sky so right when Mm -hmm. you look at me and people are like oh she's such a light but it's also because I've been to the shadows of death of dark so that's why Mm -hmm. it's so easy for me to be a light because I've already lived the darkness I've already went through it right Mm -hmm. so it's easy for me to shine like and I think we forget that looking at other people we're like oh they must just always have that way but it's like everyone's always battling the demons so what I mean by voices is that you will hear things of like, oh, he's probably not texting me back because of this. Or, oh, my boss is not going to give me the promotion. Or, oh my God, I forgot to send that email. My client's probably not going to pay me the money now. You know, these voices, right? And those are voices I don't want to... They're still real. Like, you can't say that these are not real voices or they're they're whatever. And there's voices that are like, I want to travel the world full time. Like, what could I do to make this happen? Um... I want to wonder what it would be like if I had a maid every week clean my place. I wonder what it would be like if I had blowouts. Like there'd be like there's these there's these narratives you start to start to trip with, right? And so each of those voices, no matter where you are, you have to honor the voice. The voice is like, it's almost like if you don't honor it, it's like suppressing a part of you. So even if you feel like it's a voice of I'm not enough, I'm not whatever, you have to not always give language to it, but honor that it's present and go, I hear you. I see you. Thank you for letting me know. And here's what I'm choosing. And that is the work. When we talk about the work, like that is the work. Mm. That is a beautiful example of like... You know, I don't want to get out of bed because I could just sleep here, but I made a commitment to myself that I was going to get out of bed and do this hike every day for 30 days. So, uh, but no one will matter. Okay. That's the voice, right? Honor the voice. I hear what you're doing and I'm still going to choose it. So yes. that is like in real time, that's what we all mean in this new age world about that. But the voices are always communicating and it's always in a way for you to listen. And I feel like I've gotten really good at that. And then from listening, navigating how you want to maneuver through them. And it's really fun. It's kind of like a dance always. <laughs> um, and sometimes there's times like, I really don't have time for this right now. Hey, I hear you. I'm busy. I've got to be productive and do this. And I will get back to you at this moment, at this time when we can you know, have a dialogue. Oh, so, so, so good
1: because like there's this whole squad, right? Like there's this whole squad of voices or however we want to refer to this team we have in our head. And it sounds like there's a part of you that is in charge of that, that you're doing some orchestrating, you're doing some, making some choices. Like you're really at the forefront of like being super conscious of that. But I wanted to bring in the term integration. Because mm-hmm. you really pointed out we cannot repress or suppress or compartmentalize those, or they're just gonna knock the door down harder. And so tell us a little bit more about integration because you said this is the work, and I had written shadow work while you were talking because it's a little bit more on that like okay. uh, it's more um let's say what's mainstream right now, right? but we know this is the totality of the work. So yeah, dive in right there,
0: <laughs> yeah, so i I think the 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 question I guess of what you're sharing is that when yeah. you when you have a moment like i guess you let me say a story cuz it's the best way i can give it so um i had a client call recently and actually it's the great this is all my client calls my one on ones are on tuesday so i just had them and so i oh, shot this and so um there was a moment when let's say a man this is a, a woman but you could we could even say with me when he may come to you and you're like Uh, I feel insecure because of blah. Even though this man has done nothing, he may have come in and said, you're beautiful, you're this, but you have a past patterning coming up and past coding. Like an example, I was on a date and this guy was like, you know, you're so special. And in my head, I was like, that's all it takes for a woman to open up, like to sexually. Like, this is what I thought in my mind, even though this guy, that was not his intention. That was not his thing. And now as if you guys have been watching me the past two weeks, I've been binging on Hugh Hefner, on Anna Delvey. I am I just did some, the Call Her Daddy podcast. Like I'm listening to all these things. And I'm obsessing over the adult industry because of this. So what I felt is I honored that I felt that way. And I said, hey, really interesting. I know you didn't mean it that way, but this is what came up for me. Not your fault, not saying it's your fault. What do you think about this? And he said, wow, so interesting because that's really not how I meant it. But I could see the narrative of how men saying that would totally bring you to that. And I was like, wow, we had this super deep conversation. And then we ended up like making out and making dinner and it was, you know, we didn't have sex, <laughs> but it was like a great, you know, a great thing, but it brought us closer. And then, you know, the, it wasn't a relationship for us, you know, it was a great experience, but that's what I mean by hearing the voice and communicating it. It's not making yes. yourself wrong. It's not making them wrong, but it's like stopping real time and having the the dialogue of like, that's really interesting. Mm. Yeah. And then moving forward. And every time you don't honor that voice, right, whatever it is, it's not being enough. It's having a conversation, like I said, with my client, she was having something with her partner. I'm very good at this. So I do this often, but you know, if Mm -hmm. you're not, it's still like getting used to it, you know, um, you know, in a way, like one, like I, I also in inter-dyn- interdynamic relations, I can feel really jealous at times, especially if like I'm out. And so I've gotten really good to be like, you're not doing anything wrong. I am feeling this. And so yes. guys will always be like, okay. And then like, they'll just like touch me or do whatever. I'm like, okay, i will better. Like, you know, whatever, but you just have to honor it. And even in business, if you're like, I'm feeling really stressed about money. You know, I remember there was a time when I was going to be late on payment twice to my team members. And I said, you guys, I'm just letting you know, I'm going to be late by a few days, but I just want you all to know. Both times I was super honest, didn't hide from it. And they were like, totally understand. Don't worry. And it's it, like, you have all those voices. If I feel not enough, I feel this, but just you can't hide from it. You know, it's like putting it in the shadow. It's like, it's almost like you as a child coming and screaming to your mom. I don't know, you hurt yourself or you feel upset or you feel angry. And then they're like, shut up. <laughs> like, but you're doing it to yourself this time. And so right. I think there's a, what you're asking is there's just a point when you have to be, the leader of your own life in a way. Like really no one is going to save you. And I hate to say that because it's it's like so cut, it's like so cutthroat in a way. Yeah, but the more yeah. I watch these other narratives play out in life, right? Like there is no fast way to money. There's no way fast way to cash that's sustainable. And there's no one that can do it for you. Like there has to dig deep in you, that connection to God, to source, to the cosmos, to the aliens, to something bigger than you. And from that place, you practice that connection more and more, which moves you. And if you don't have that, like I was on a call recently with my um, eight-week manifestor course, if you don't have that right, like you wouldn't be here. like You would not be existing here as a human if you did not have a connection to something greater, because what would get you through those moments? It wouldn't like we've all had it. There's not a single moment of, of a human. So I think what you're asking that those are multiple examples of like application. And I think the other thing I would say, you know, even in my PhD, one thing that I've read by multiple researchers that say this, you know, the best attribute of a leader is being self-reflective. Yeah. You can tell how successful a leader will be by the amount of time they are self-reflective. And I think that's a habit I've really cultivated. And sometimes over over analyzing, but
1: mm, you know, I, I wanted myself
0: to out. I still hear the voice. I'm over
1: analyzing. Okay, move forward that's exactly perfect because there's a couple words like coming through predominantly and one i was going to say like speak to self responsibility and then you said self reflectiveness it's such a fine line between that and then like the compulsive of like ruminating or can we pull those apart totally so i definitely
0: lay more on the obsessive side so that'll be my bias you know but i'm, if I'm honest but um and it, you know it's not Again, but I'm honest about it, you know? And I think we all have our things and don't be afraid to be honest. Like yes, it is what it is, you know? And I think we are so afraid to be honest about, I don't even want to call it darkness, just the truth of what has been given to us of how we maneuver and our body, our system lets us interact with reality. And there's so much shame on that when it doesn't need to be, period. Mm. That's just what it is. Other people I know, you know, they're more, they go into a depressive state. They don't want to get out of bed. You know, other people I know go hyper workout, hyper, like they're going to cook, they're going to MIA, they're whatever. Like you just have to know. Um, Mm. But I think I'm always going to say self-responsibility. You know, it's such a tricky line because even I was listening to something with Abraham Hicks lately on Oprah, she was talking about this, of that your vibrational frequency attracts everything. And Oprah asked the question, so are you condoning that, uh, uh, are saying that a child could attract rape? She's like, I'm not saying that a child would attract that, but the frequency of the involvement that they're in is a frequency that's allowing that. And I was like, wow. And it's so tricky when you get to that, because in my third book, I talk about this. I've had my own trauma when I was a child. I mean, we all have, but You have to realize, and I think the sooner you can take responsibility as an alien that you incarnated, you chose to incarnate on planet earth and planet earth is like a third world country, but it's a planet. Like it's in a way, Mm -hmm. like if I could describe it to you, (laughs) like you chose to incarnate. So the things that have happened to you, they actually were something you signed up for. So you could become empowered to then create something on it, whether that's a product, a service, you know, what some type of solution, some type of experience in this world, Mm -hmm. And the companies that do that, right, they're always the most successful. Like if you look at Zuckerberg, right, he probably felt alone a lot of his life. So what did he do is he created giving people the power to create community. So he didn't have Mm -hmm. to go in person, interact. The guy is wicked smart. He's a computer guy. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. You know, Mm -hmm. he still used, and I don't know him, but you know, that's still a trauma that I'm sure he would have experienced. Right. Right. So I think you have to just start peeling back the layers of responsibility. And once you do like, wow, maybe I did agree to go through this. Maybe there was another narrative to this. Maybe if I could reach in and forgive them and let them go and I could see the gold in the story, I could forgive myself. I could could create and I could move on in peace, right? Because Mm -hmm. anytime you lock something in you, it's stealing your life force and you're allowing it. So it's like, you're the only one, like I hate to bring it to you that can unravel that. And the narrative of, well, no one understands what I've been through or if people just knew what I went through every day. People do the people who are highly successful. They still chose it anyway.
1: Yes. In fact, I felt a transition from what we were talking about with self-responsibility and self-reflectiveness to distinguish acceptance and avoidance. Right there, you're like, I accept, I accept, I accept, I accept. Like, it's regardless of what shows up, you accept, you accept, you accept to then process. Like, you can still decide to set it aside, mm-hmm. but it's in it, the first acceptance that then you can decide what to do with it. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> That's such a
0: powerful question, Abigail, and I really like because I feel like, I feel like in, in business, it hasn't been, well, I guess in betrayals and in love relationships, it's been really hard. Like my Mm -hmm. acceptance of that has been really hard because my narrative running was how could I let this happen to me? Or how could this happen Mm -hmm. to me? I'm so smart and I'm so whatever. And Caroline mess says this beautiful. She goes, how egotistical for someone to say, how could this happen to me? Like, are you exempt from being a human on the planet of from what everyday problems are? I'm like, wow, profound. I love it. Look, she's so right. And I kind yes. of like, I think that's when I started to go like, I accept it all. And I also feel like the bigger you, you demand dreams. So like you want to travel the world, you want to have millions of dollars, billions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, employees, I don't, whatever it is, you know, in multiple ways, you will go through different turbulences because it's a learning lesson. So you can yes. actually be the provider and responsible for people, right? Like things I know about business now, like in my first year in business, I didn't even know you needed taxes, right? Like I was used to nine like, <laughs> and they're like, tax, I'm like, taxes. What, what do I have to like, I'm like, I doesn't, doesn't the company just give me a W nine. Like, I'm like, Oh, I am the company. Like, <laughs> I to, like, I didn't even know that, you know? So I think like y- you learn these things, right. That aren't necessarily taught um, your time frame of, what the frick just happened? Like, did that really just happen? That time frame of shock to mm. acceptance, lessons, and you pull mm-hmm. the lesson quicker.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because. It's not that bad things don't happen. It's not that you're fearless. It's, you know, it's that you have a heart that is conditioned to withstand the human condition, the human experience, the realities of this reality, which is totally relative anyways, but um, just that the rebound rate of that, Mm -hmm. being able to come back, being like it not having to take you out for weeks and months to fall into a deep depression, to question everything, spiral into existential crisis, like all of those things. Mm -hmm. So just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, that was really like, thanks for, we just landed. And, um, and I would love for you to speak about initiations. You were talking specifically about business, but we have them in every area of life. So tell us a little bit about initiations.
0: Yeah. So when I definitely made a business mistake and I went a hundred, well, two of them back to back and I went a hundred thousand dollars in debt. That was an initiation of like fear because my greatest fear was that if cancer ever came back, I wouldn't have money to pay for it. Right. And so I was like, Like, and I thought $100,000 was so much money, right? Like, I mean, that was like an unfathomable amount of money to me. Um, We're now like, I think an unfathomable, like when you look at banks or things, it's like 60 million, 70 million, you know, like that's like, to me, that would be like, oh my God, how are you now going to come out of 60? That would be like a shock now. Like, you know, nothing really would shock me at this point, but you know, not that I would purposely would do it, but it's more like if you, if you have a plan and you're making investments and you're doing whatever, it's, it's just not that money becomes more of a whatever, but that was a huge initiation into money into that. And I came out of the debt in three months
1: Mm.
0: and it was like, Oh my God, like that was a huge initiation. And definitely being able to get pregnant. You know, when I wasn't on my cancer medication that I was supposed to be on for hormones, and then I still had an abortion that was an initiation having multiple six figures in four years, that was an initiation having hundreds of clients to having a PhD with different things. That's an initiation into research and, You have all these things that are, you know, constantly, I guess an initiation is something that you can't buy yourself into. An initiation Mm. is something that you've earned the right to speak about. You've earned the right to be a leader in because- You took the risk and the bet on yourself. You were like, no matter what, I'm gonna bet on me. And from that bet on me, I'm gonna trust that it's gonna happen. And that is an that's when initiation happens because it means that from that experience, whether good or bad, whether debt or million on that one spirit experience, you now have the right to you've earned the right to speak about it. Like it's like if you've sold a you know company, I don't mm-hmm. I can't speak about that. I haven't earned the right to know what that's about. Mm-hmm. And you can't buy that experience.
1: Yeah, I love the way that you're sharing it and then also I'm I'm so present to when people don't relate to their initiations as their choice, right? Like when they feel like something's happening to them or being put on them. When I love what you were speaking about earlier, which is what made me want to ask is like, you know, Cancer or sickness, or death, or you know, disaster, whatever it might be, is where we just relate to as the victim of it instead of being able to really put ourselves in the driver's seat of it. Um, speak to that just a little bit because you you've overcome those initiations too. Totally. So, I mean, one thing
0: I definitely really felt is that when I was in um, this relationship that I got pregnant with, um, there's actually two guys I was dating at the time, which is funny, and they were both dating other people. Like it was kind of it was just a very kind of open. It was all very communicated. But anyway. Um, if I actually would have been pregnant by the other guy, I would have kept the child, which mm-hmm. is really interesting because to me, it was my mission is very much about love. And, you know, I I, w- I, I just couldn't bring a child that it was not a love that I felt supported, even though it's other guy and I would never have been like married. He probably would have dated other people. I would have dated other people like, if, you know, but I, w- there was such a love and a safety. This yeah. one had no emotional safety. And so it was yeah. really interesting so there's times when I still hear the voice where I'm like, Oh, I'm so mad. Like I feel like he took took my pregnant, you know, my my motherhood card or something. Like, but I hear that voice and I'm like, but no, Colleen, but he gave you the seed and you made life with Ella. Like you made life of this daughter who's never was never even going to make it and you made a book and now from this book I've had two clients that have gotten pregnant that weren't supposed to, be able to get pregnant I've had mm. people read it and they're like kids are messaging them random things of like healing relationships and so it's like this book and this crystal with Ella is like alive through other children until she incarnates and I adopt her mm. so that voice still happens it's not like it's on there like awesome. I am like oh like I still do like Ugh. like you know or yeah. whatever but then I'm like but no calling you still then made the empowered choice to make this fetus of like five weeks into a whole story, like into a whole being that is now changing other people's lives. And
1: what is that book called so that people can check it out? Yeah.
0: It's called An Uncompromised Life. So you can get it on Amazon. If you just type Colleen Gallagher, my author page or my website, if you want a signed copy. Um, It's a phenomenal book. And I, I really go deep into a lot of these concepts we're talking about, but that still is real for me. I hear the voice, I, I acknowledge it. And then I just do the work in that moment. It's nowhere near as the amount that it was, you know? Mm-hmm. But I also take responsibility that when I had cancer, I always knew I wanted to adopt the child. So it was 13 years from when I was had cancer and when I became pregnant. And the day the child was conceived was November 13th. And so the book has certain chapters. But anyway, what I wanted to say about this, the 13 and 13, is that 13 is also the number of the goddess. And so I realized from the moment that I was diagnosed with cancer, I was always manifesting an adoption. I didn't know the story. I wasn't specific Mm -hmm. on the story, but this gave Mm -hmm. me the story of the adoption. So you're Mm -hmm. always manifesting. That's what with Abraham Hicks, like whether you like it or not, you really are always manifesting. I wouldn't have prayed for it in this way, you know? Yes. But I, you know, it just goes to show you. So when you say, like you said, like the victim, I I don't know, the the choosing of the responsibility it's not like it doesn't not be there, but you're just like, well, yes. I made something beautiful of it though. And, and you, you, go, you go back. I, I accept they made my decisions. I accept that there's still more that's going to reveal on why I made that decision in my life. Yes. That is going to be beautiful. And if you just always say that belief of it only gets better, life is only going to get better. My best life is always starting right now. Like more and more beautiful things do reveal themselves to you. So And it's not like it was easy, right? Like, I mean, I did therapy, right? I had a therapist and a neurofeedback therapy. I had a healer. I had mentors. I was doing schooling. I had my business like, right. Like there was a lot I did. And a lot of times I didn't have the money. Like I remember I would book a therapy appointment and I wouldn't have the money. because it was like $250. and I didn't have the, they don't take the regular insurance. I don't even have insurance, but our health insurance don't feed into the system. But like, Mm. but I, but you know, like now it's 350 if I want to do whatever. So it's, you know, I didn't have that money, but I made it happen. And I, that was another shift. So it's, it's always back to said, like, there is that thing inside of you when you're doing life, the voice is knocking if you want something more or otherwise you wouldn't be here. Like I hate, like psychologically you would commit suicide. And I'm not saying this is like a negative way, but this is psychology. This is like how the human body operates. Like if you didn't right. feel like there was anything to keep moving forward, you would. So that tells me there's a voice inside of you knocking and you're wanting to go there and you just have to do it. And it's never going to be convenient. It's never going to be easy. It's never going to be wrapped with a bow. But once you
1: do it, it's like it just gets easier and easier because you see the rewards quicker and quicker. Mm. So much. Yes. And, and I love what you were saying about like the way that it reveals itself. Like there's just some things we can't know ahead of time. And we, and, and because if we knew too much, it would just either, again, like we kind of lean into insanity or, right. Or we we might avoid it or shut down or check out or for whatever reason. And so there's so much about the path unfolding or the breadcrumbs revealing themselves as we move along. And, I think this is just such a big holdup for so many people because they want to know, they want to know the end result or they, yeah, the outcome, and and then it it prevents them from taking action. What do you see inside of that? How do you help people move past that?
0: Yeah. So, you know, I feel like I was really blessed. Um, when I went to Michigan state, there was Dr. Betts. He was the assistant Dean of the business college. I got to go to Cuba with him, South Africa with him. Like he was amazing. And one thing he always said, like he ingrained in our brain since like 17, my, my age 17 was like, get comfortable in the uncomfortable. And that was so ingrained in me, like yeah. so ingrained. And that's probably why I've moved all over the world by myself. I go places by myself still to this day when I clearly mm. like, I don't ever have to, but I will be like, I really want to do this. I'm, by myself. Like I, I do that because the magic is in the unknown, right? Like yeah. we're used to humans, right? Operate on one plus one is two. But in fact, yeah. a mother and a father being married equals three. They yeah. have a kid. So yeah. it's, it really is, you know, and, and that trips you out a little bit when you think about it, yeah. right? Because it you're, yeah. you're breaking the mathematics system. And so when you, yes. when you begin to have this connection to yourself. And it is the scariest thing you will do. The first step, I still remember when I booked my flight to New Zealand, left my six-figure job, the anxiety for 90 days, panic attacks every day. On the flight, on the way, I had a whole bottle of champagne, I mean, I've, I've, not champagne, I I've, a some white wine bottle of wine. Anyway, mm-hmm. had a whole, one just to calm my mind, like literally, yeah. because it was so obsessive. I couldn't do anything. Like I had to drink that bottle of wine to I like go to sleep. I'm not suggesting that for people, but yeah. you feel like I'm just giving you the reality of what it was. I'm not trying yeah. to say preach that it was like this flower on a bow, you know? Yeah. And from that, I don't need to drink a bottle of wine anymore. If I make a big investment or, you know, I yeah. do something crazy, you know? Yeah. But there has to be something. And that's what I'm talking about. The voice. There just has to be a moment when you have to go. I just can't do it anymore. And to me, it was at that line of either I'm going to sit here and kill myself. Like it was really like, God, I cannot do this. Like it can't Mm. happen. And that's when the idea came through. Go grab your laptop. Google visas and, you know, saved my money for three months and got out of corporate, you know, Mm. there's not like a secret sauce. There's not enough webinars you can watch. There's not enough books you can read. There's not a relationship you can enter or leave. Like it really is you and God, you and the fire, you and like, If I have to sit here in the fire of hell and let all these toxic things burn so I can rise like a phoenix and that is what I will do, that is the thing. Like, there is no other way. Like, I hate to be that, like, say it, but it's just the truth. Like, and, and someone who tells you anything else, like, the glamour does come, the beauty does come, but that didn't come without anyone first sitting there.
1: Thank you. Just thank you. Because you said at the beginning, like, people like to be alone, but don't like feeling alone. Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. But it is such a solo game in that part. Yes. It's because you
0: have to connect with that greater source and that source is you. But if you were, let's say if, if you weren't to have that, right. Those moments, right. And you can have mentors, you can have a support, like there's people there cheering you on for sure. Because if you didn't write, you would be operating under the paradigm of narcissistic codependency, where you would be leveraging on energy of other people in your rise. And so your foundation would be shaky because it's always reliant on something. And so you would get something, you'd make something, but you would lose it because that foundation wasn't there. And if you're an alien, which you are, if you're listening here, or if you're resonating with this, God won't even give you that life path because you're too... He, he can't risk your life because your frequency exactly. is your body is already so potent. The yes. energy you're bringing to the earth, he can't risk you with that. So he won't yeah. let you go there. Exactly. And so yes. it's so crazy to say that in a way, but it, it is. And those moments still happen. Like I said, like in my life, there'll be moments, you know, but they're just nowhere near as long standing and like you have a better practice of, of doing it. It's almost like, you know, I've, I've never run a marathon, but I'm sure if I started training, I could do one, you know, but like, it's almost like that, like it would seem hard, but once you do it, do it. And you may be asking, well, Colleen, why would I switch my life to this? Well, it's interesting as I'm watching all these things about what's it called about Hugh Hefner and this adult industry, you know, all these people are like, you know, I was a young girl and I was doing this and now I'm older and I, I wish I wouldn't have done it. And I'm like, interesting. And you know, I'm listening to a 24 year old woman kind of in the adult industry. She was saying, something. I'm like, interesting, but she's not 40, 50, 60 yet. And what all these women are. And I was just looking So, why do this work? Right. I think it's, it's because do you want to look back when you're older and it is very future orientated. Do you want mm. to look back when you're older and be like, I'm so proud of the work I put in. I'm so proud of the assets. I created the lives that I touched. So that mm. when I'm in my 50, 40, 50, 60s, that I have a legacy really like my foundation is so solid and it's hard to wrap your head around that. Like, why am I doing a PhD? I have all these books everywhere right now. Like why am I doing this 50 page paper, 15 page thing, uh, my business, uh, fourth book, why am I doing all this? Like, I could easily not and just do my business and live off of it. But there's something calling me towards the PhD. There's a voice. It's not just me doing it for ego. There is a voice. And even mm-hmm. if I tried not to, the voice would still be knocking. So, yeah. if I want to go to that next level, right? Responsibility. You have, you want that next level? Okay. Finish this one. We'll give you the next level of the game. That's when it becomes fun. So, why do it is because happiness. Do you want happiness and joy, or, or do you want the constant push pull of a moment of happiness back to the struggle?
1: Yeah. The longevity of happiness is what I hear you saying. And like that, that peace, and even the knowing and, you know, referencing that solo or self game is like solo first, but you're tapped in to be in alignment with all those co-creative components, because that's what I was hearing you say, as you were talking about like the mentors or the, the PhD or like, why this, why that, why this, why that? And, and the drive, the inspiration coming from such a divine place, from such a centered place is really like, I, it, it's in your voice. It just eeks, <laughs> eeks out. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I, and I think too, like, I think the other thing too I say about that is like, you know, I look at people, there's people on my page you're like, well, how is this going to bring me money? And it's so funny. Like a lot of people in the the cohort, I'm in, they're like, well, I, how is this going to make me money? Or how's it doing? And I'm like, that's so interesting. I've never really thought how this is going to make me money. I just always knew it would. And I actually have a conference in two weeks. That's an education conference where it's like policymakers from Dubai, the United Nations, the, um, it's called the global court system. And I'm speaking on three panels with it and it's going to be great. And I won an education award for what I'm doing in digital marketing. And even Podfest—it's the largest Podfest event in the world, the Guinness World Record book—and this is my third time speaking there. And I've, yeah. you know, like, how does that happen in two, less than two years of podcasting? You know, and it's—it's yeah. it's because you are. If I was to sit there and go, "How am I going to make a successful podcast?" I could transactionally figure it out, but you're missing yeah. the heart. You're missing the yes. soul, and people will always resonate with your soul. And I'm not saying to go online and be like, my trauma and start bawling. Like, right. I'm not saying that, but when you go through and say, I'm going through it today, I'm just letting you all yes. know, whatever it is, if you're going through it, I love you. I see you, let's get it. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's not bad in being honest, you know? And, yeah. and I think that's, people think it's is perfect, but it's why you do this work is so you have the freedom to be you, the freedom of expression, the freedom to live, the freedom to make money doing what you love. And there's, while impacting people. Like I I don't know a greater gift because then you never work a day in your life. Yes.
1: And you, you aren't, you're living, you're breathing. You're just like, I, your online presence, like, uh, representing, representing yourself, representing your work and your heart and who you are. And so where can people find you? Where can people be connected with you?
0: So um, Instagram and Facebook are The Colleen Gallagher. Um, If you like videos, then definitely Instagram because I do my stories every day. (laughs) But Facebook, I do posts (laughs) or whatnot. And then LinkedIn, I think it's just Colleen Gallagher podcast, The Colleen Gallagher. My website, www.collengallagher.co.
1: Perfect. And we'll make sure to have all of those links uh, available in the show notes, but definitely be tuning in to what she's up to, who she's being. If you resonate with this, you are an alien. and <laughs> It might be time to tap further into that. And so just thank you for sharing who you are and so openly. You know, I have a deep appreciation for the way that you openly talk about cancer and abortion and your cosmic existence and all, like all the different assets because the simplicity with, and the fluidity with which you speak about it is really already starting to dismantle the societal taboo-ness of it. And I, I really appreciate that part of it. It sticks out to me. And I know that our listeners getting to hear other people normalizing what they know, the truth they know within and being able to like access and activate that. It's just really beautiful. So thank you mm-hmm. for that. Thank you. I received that. Thanks for me. Mm, thank you. Thank you for receiving us and hearts. Thank you for receiving us. Thank you for opening up. And just, I hope you heard exactly what you needed today to access that next level, you the depth of you and further unleash your heart. So thank you for tuning into the hearts unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you.